Is mainstream school failing your kids? The pandemic, with all the changes to schooling and daily life, is a moment of opportunity to rethink the educational path that works best for you and for your kids. So the question is, how can we as parents find alternative solutions that aren't necessarily having to do it all ourselves or pay for programs that we can't afford? I'm Jerry Kirk. And I'm Graham Kirk. Join us as we talk with families thriving on their own path. We shared practical tips, wins, and challenges they've been through to help you on yours. We interview educational experts and parent entrepreneurs with education solutions for the modern age, so parents wanting a better alternative can make confident, informed choices. Welcome to the Modern Education Movement Podcast. You're ready for change. And so are we. Welcome back to the Modern Education Movement Podcast. Now, today's conversation is one I've been looking forward to having, wow, for, I don't know, since last fall when I first discovered this online program called Prisma. And so today, I'm super excited that I've got the founder and CEO of Prisma, Victoria Ransom, and we're going to talk about her alternative to really what is an, an antiquated education system that most of our kids are in right now. Now, interestingly enough, when I was looking through the information about Prisma, um, they don't really call it a school at all but rather a connected learning network that aims to bring joy to learning today and prepare millions of kids to thrive in the world of tomorrow. Now, a little bit of Victoria, she's a highly successful entrepreneur from New Zealand originally, and she's most known for um, a company called Wildfowl Interactive, which is a social marketing SaaS company that sold to Google in 2012 for $450 million. So you know, she's got a lot of success as an entrepreneur. She's been listed as one of Fortune's most powerful women entrepreneurs, as well as one of their 40 under 40 in 2012. And also, she was named a young global leader by the World Economic Forum in 2015. So she's done a lot of amazing things already in her life. And now, as a mom, her mission has become a little more personal. She's looking at how she can prepare her child and other children to thrive in this tumultuous, ever-changing world where we can't even imagine what the careers of the future will be. So today we're going to deep dive into this modern education model called Prisma. Victoria, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for the introduction. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a real delight. Um, you know, it's, you're really doing something fascinating with, with Prisma. And, but before we get into that, um, I'd love to just start with, um, to tell us a little bit about your, your family, which, you know, is often oh, sure. the start of where this all began. Who doesn't love to talk about their family? Uh, yeah, so my husband and I live in California. I'm from New Zealand. My husband is from Switzerland. So we're a rather international family, but we've lived in the US for oh, a good 20 years. And we have uh, three young children, the oldest of which just turned seven. And we have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And you are absolutely right uh, that you know what we're doing with Prisma is directly tied to our kids and really came about, we can talk more about that, but came about uh, as a result of an exploration, really a deep sort of questioning of how do we want to educate our kids? And, and frankly, how do we want to live our lives? And so, yeah, this is very personal. This is this, we're building this for our kids and we hope for, for many, many, many thousands of other kids. Yeah. I'd be curious to know what, obviously there's, there's lots of options out there, right? So, I mean, you, what did you find was, was, was lacking or, you know, that wasn't, yeah. that didn't make any of the options, you know, satisfactory, um, in your mind. 
Great question. Because we live in the Bay Area and, you know, it's renowned for really wonderful schools, actually, and even some really wonderful, more alternative schools. I think two things led us to on this journey of exploring education. One was uh, in the area we live in, uh, there's a lot of pressure put on kids. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot of very high performing schools and a lot of very high performing kids. And you hear a lot more at the high school level than elementary of just very stressed out, anxious kids who on paper are extremely successful, but underneath they're lacking in direction, they're lacking in self-esteem, and they sort of head off to college. And, you know, on paper they've achieved exactly what they always were meant to do, get into this great college, and they're lost and they don't know what to do. So we didn't want that for for our kids. I grew up uh, in a small rural community in New Zealand So I had the beauty of being able to be in a very sort of supportive, close-knit school environment where, frankly, there wasn't a ton of pressure. So there was that. There was also, from a rather selfish level, my husband and I had created a very flexible life for ourselves. We'd always decided if whatever next venture we start would be fully remote, fully virtual. Like I said, I'm from New Zealand. Alan's from Switzerland. It's very important to us that our kids experience both of those countries. So we'd been able to do that for the past several years. And then we thought, oh, wow, when our first child goes to school, all of that is going to stop. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, because you get restricted by school vacations. And so there was also sort of a, you know, part of the exploration is what flexible models are out there for people that want to live a more flexible life. So that's what led on the exploration. And, you know, we found a number of models that really inspired us. But we sort of quickly got past the more selfish piece of this, which is how do we want to educate our kids, and got really excited about the idea of how could we bring a new model of education to a large number of kids. And that came about because, you know, we did find some really great schools out there that really, really resonated, little micro school networks or a really amazing sort of independent school here or there. There are some great Uh, innovative schools out there. Mm -hmm. But what struck us is that they're one small school in one community that a small number of kids get to go to that's usually really expensive. And so what we got inspired by is how could we take this sort of more innovative approach to education? We can talk more about sort of what, what I mean by that, what really, what value, educational values really inspired us and do it in a way that if it works, and kids love it, and kids are successful, we could potentially roll it out to large numbers of kids, and ideally in a more affordable way than your typical private school model. Yeah, really flipping the hyper-local on its head, right? Making it available pretty much Completely. anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and what great timing with uh, with everything and with COVID and whatnot, you know, the need for virtuals right. has been right. more important than ever. Yeah, uh, and that wasn't coincidental. I would say that this sort of um, being inspired by this idea of how do you deliver a a more personalized, holistic, interdisciplinary, hands-on, you know, self-paced form of education in a scalable way. That was something we explored and researched and thought about for a good 18 months, if not two years. And then when COVID hit, we said, all right, if there was ever a time to try out something new, uh, that, you know, sort of has virtual at its foundation. It's now, so we should stop thinking about it, stop oh. researching and just do it. Uh, <laughs> right. So yeah, we, we, we recognized the timing and jumped on it, I would say. Gotcha. Yeah. 
So COVID, COVID was a catalyst in some ways. It was, yeah. I mean, it, we were planning for this anyway, and COVID came along, like, and it, we said, now it's time to do it. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Well, with so many people looking for something, right? So, right. absolutely. Exactly. And so, when you, when you, you know, with your, your ruminations over, you know, 18 months or so, and, and you started to think, okay, how, you know, we've, we've seen some, some interesting models out there in a, in a local context. We see some different things that we like. And then, you know, I've, I've noticed, like, on your, your website, you know, it's, you've got quite a, honestly, it's very impressive in terms of the depth of thought and the pieces around the Prisma model. So I'd love to, to dive into that a little bit and start with like, what, what do you feel that kids need? Because ultimately, like your mission is about helping, you know, children of today solve, you know, the complex problems of tomorrow. So what do you feel that kids need to be able to, to achieve that and to, to find a sense of purpose, which I also know is important to you from what you, you mentioned at the start? Yeah, so, you know, we, we did start with sort of why are we doing this and what is the point of education? Uh, because I actually think, ironically, there's not a consistent view around why we even send our kids to school. And somewhere along the way, I feel like uh, it's been a little lost in this idea of, well, we, we kids go to school so they get great test scores or kids go to school so they get into college. Yeah, all of those things are steps along the way. But ultimately, we want to prepare kids to lead fulfilling lives as, you know, contributing members of society, obviously, you know, ideally positively contributing members of society. Ultimately, we're preparing kids to, you know, to meet their potential in their adult lives. And so we started with that and sort of looked at what kind of world will our kids live in? And I think we don't know, actually. That's the main point here. Right. Like so the world is changing so fast and it always does, but I think the pace of change is accelerating clearly. And so the, the thing that struck us is it is not clear what work is going to look like in this future world. It's not clear what kinds of jobs uh, kids will lead. If you There's some studies that we've read that say 65% of today's elementary school kids will work in jobs that are yet to even be invented. There's going to be some really large global both challenges and opportunities that you know next generation and current generations will be grappling with. And so in that context, we thought, um, you know, what are the skills that you need to sort of be able to thrive in a, a rather sort of an ever-changing future and a rather unknowable future? And also a future where, you know, AI is probably going to be doing a lot of the work that typically humans have excelled at. Mm -hmm. And so with that, we, we sort of viewed a perspective of uh, or developed a perspective on things like kids will need to be really adaptable. They'll be need to be really curious because I, we think that, you know, ma many uh, kids in the next generation will probably have to reinvent themselves multiple times and you won't just pick one career and then do it. And so that starts with being really curious about learning new things, being able to be very independent and self-motivated and self-directed, and then being very strong in the things that uh, I think make humans uniquely human maybe ai can can beat us on this at one point at some point but you know around the collaboration the problem solving the communication creativity these kind of things you know are what we think are just really essential to build in kids of course math and reading and writing and traditional academic subjects are really important too mm -hmm. and our kids are actually showing wonderful progress in sort of the more traditional uh, academic metrics. 
But we truly believe that if you can create kids that are sort of well-rounded in the way that I just described, and if you do it early, because, uh, you know, you could say, okay, when kids get to college, they'll learn all of these other more holistic skills mm-hmm. um, when they get in the workforce. But it's hard to change who you are at that point. It's hard to suddenly become a, someone that's comfortable with a lot of change and with risk-taking or that's uh, extrinsic, you know, intrinsically motivated rather than extrinsically motivated. So we think the sooner you can do that, mm-hmm. the better. Yeah, um, really focusing yeah. On, on skills and mindset versus knowledge, which, Correct. Yeah, which, which I you know, wholeheartedly agree with. You know, even in my own experiences with with my own kids, like they didn't go to a traditional school. We just were at home, kind of an unschooling mm-hmm. environment. And, you know, there'd be these different sparks of motivation and interest. And then, you know, they could learn, like my, my daughter self taught herself how to read in a really short amount of time. Because at that point in her life, she was really motivated, interested, and it just happens, right? So it's it's not so much about the knowledge. It's more about as you pointed out, those characteristics that are going to help them be successful. And I mean, who knows, in, 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 yeah, in a very AI-centric world, again, you know, math and whatnot, a lot of that's going to be taken care of. But understanding, right. but creating meaning from it, right? And being creative in the process of, you know, computations and whatnot, that's, that's going to be fundamentally important. Um, yeah. yeah. And you just hit on something else that's that's extremely important to us at, at Prisma and we sort of start with this. I, I mean, I think we sort of have two big goals or, or promises that we want to make to our learners. One is what I just described, that we're going to really provide them with the sort of holistic set of skills and the mindsets that they'll need to thrive in this, this um, rapidly changing world. But the other is that they'll, they'll love learning. And that will really bring that joy and excitement back to learning. And you just talked about it with your daughter. We feel really strongly that, frankly, that that's been lost in many, many, many school settings. And that that is sort of like the baseline for getting kids to really do their best. Like If they're not excited or motivated by what they're doing, I mean, there's a certain number of kids that are motivated by extrinsic sort of things like grades. But if you really want a kid to achieve their best, then it's got to start with them being really excited about learning and what they're doing. And, and so everything we do at Prisma is with a lens of like, how do we make this really exciting and fun for the kids? Awesome. Well, that's a great segue into my next question, which is kind of like, yeah, let's, let's look at Prisma through the lens of like an everyday experience. So, you know, if, if, if I had a middle, middle schooler at Prisma, what, what would their day look like? And how would, how would that fun aspect kind of get woven throughout so that the, like, Waking up, sure. waking up in the morning yeah. and they're like, yeah, I can't get wait to jump into my Prisma yeah. experience. Yeah. So, so uh, let me quickly answer with a sort of a high level and then I'll absolutely walk through a Prisma day. That's a, that's a great question. At a high level, we believe to make learning really fun and exciting, we need to give kids lots of choice so that they can really tailor their learning around things that interest them. We believe that they should be able to go at their own pace. We should meet them at the level they're at and let them move at the pace that's best for them. I think one of the most difficult things or problematic things about the current education system is that, you know, kids are on this sort of conveyor belt. A 10-year-old is meant to know this. If you're moving faster than that, too bad. You just need to sort of be bored. And if you need a little more time, too bad. Sorry, we've got to move on. Uh, That learning is very tangible and hands-on and tied to the real world so that ideally kids are never sitting there saying, why am I learning this? What, what am I ever going to do with this? Mm-hmm. We always start with sort of the why and that learning really happens in a supportive 
caring community, which I think we've really successfully built thus far at Prisma. But tying this into a, a regular day at Prisma, it's partly synchronous and it's partly asynchronous. All kids are part of a sort of a cohort or a community that they get to know really well. And I'll, I'll sketch that out for you in a minute. And, and the other thing I think that's important to explain just so that people get a sense for how it works is we operate with uh, five-week cycles. Uh, and every cycle has a different theme. So it's sort of a broad overarching theme that unifies what the kids are doing during that time, their projects and their live workshops. But still within that, there's a lot of choice for the kids. And examples of themes are we've done Cities of the Future. Uh, we've done Inventor Studio, where kids were real inventors and they learned all about design thinking. Um, we've done Hidden Histories, which was looking at US history from the perspective of sort of stories and voices that kids wouldn't have heard before, and so on and so forth. It's really sort of fun, exciting themes. And uh, within each cycle, kids are working on a project. Every kid creates a project related to the theme, but with a lot of freedom of choice to do that, mm -hmm. uh, which they present at an expo day at the end of the cycle. Kids are doing synchronous workshops and they're also working on what we call missions. So we have math missions, we have reading missions, and we have writing missions. Again, very much done though with a lens to kids going at their own pace, mm. having a lot of choice um, and making it fun. And then there is uh, one more thing that kids can choose to work on, which is journeys, which is sort of like if kids want to do a really deep exploration into something that will last many cycles. Uh, maybe there's a talent that they just really want to hone, or maybe they're super interested in space and they want to do a long investigation. Or we have one, I think he's fifth grade, who is working on a novel and it's impressive. Cool. So there's also the option for that. Uh, so it's sort of a, a high level sketch of the curriculum. Day to day, kids start off with a stand up. Uh, and so that's a small group of kids, uh, same group of kids, 15 to 17 kids with the same coach. At Prisma, we have coaches, not teachers we call them that because their main function is to really understand kids and sort of know what makes them tick know what they're capable of what their potential is and really help them set goals and sort of guide them through their learning to achieve that and to provide really rich feedback but so kids start their day with a stand-up same group of kids same coach and that is all about community building creating sort of a really tight group of peers that you can sort of trust sometimes the kids talk about what's going on in the world sometimes they talk about what's going on in their own lives sometimes they play fun interactive games mm -hmm. sometimes they practice presenting to one another on different topics so that stand-up and that sort of gets the day going and then kids will have time to then work either on their projects that I just mentioned their project-based learning, which I can describe in more detail how that works, but it's, yeah, it just sort of goes through kids spend time investigating the theme. Then they spend time selecting from this really wonderful library of sort of mini projects so that they can experience and get to know which part of the theme is most interesting to them. And then they can choose from a, a selection of sort of longer, deeper projects that they're going to work on. And, and these are all very hands-on tangible things like kids might be literally building and designing an environmentally friendly building uh, either with physical materials or in Minecraft or okay. um, you cool. know, they, they might be creating their own podcast episode or things like that. Right. Yeah. Um, Something hands So they work on their yeah. projects. They can use that time to work on their missions that I just mentioned. Happy to talk more about those. And then uh, each day they also have their sort of main live workshop. 
And workshops at Prisma are not lectures at all. They're very much focused on what do you get when you bring a group of kids together? Like what, what, what is the point of bringing kids together to learn? It is not to listen to a teacher. Mm-hmm. It is to listen to one another, to challenge each other's points of view, to practice expressing your own point of view, to work collaboratively to solve problems, to give feedback to one another. And so our workshops are very much based on on all of those, practicing all of those things. We have different formats. We have ethical decision-making workshops, which were kids, the, the format varies, but they might be put in a scenario and they're asked to figure out what kind of decision would you make. Like right now we're doing uncharted territories, which is all about space exploration and deep sea exploration. And in their ethical decision-making workshop, the kids are actually being presented with a scenario where they've been selected to man a space expedition. And it starts with them finding out that there's one spot left on the shuttle and who, who are they going to select? Is it someone from the public? Is it a really wealthy person who can donate to the cause? Mm-hmm. And then along the way, they're faced with all of these decisions they need to make about how they use the resources. Who are the resources that they find for? How do you, um, how do you think about what's available in space in terms of uh, being equitable around the world? And, you know, that's just one example hmm. Uh, we have problem-solving workshops. It's fun. It's really yeah. fun and tangible and interactive. And so, yeah, I guess to summarize, Prisma Kids are doing a mix of workshops, stand-ups, and independent work. We also have clubs that the kids can participate in, and you know, other fun sort of uh, virtual social events that we organize for the kids. Wow. Yeah, that's that's quite a buffet. <laughs> yeah, there's there's quite a lot going on, and yet within that. There's also a bunch of freedom for kids and families to arrange their schedule, how they wish. There's certain fixed pieces in the schedule, but there's also, you know, the kid that wants to start their day at 8 a.m. because they're an early bird can do that. The kid that wants to start at 10 a.m. because they function better that way can do that. And so that sort of flexibility around scheduling is also something we really try to honor. Yeah, as well as, you know, you talk about like ability to travel and and just kind of work from anywhere. And so exactly uh, how, how long is a typical day then? It depends because, you know, there's choice there in terms of how long kids spend on their independent projects. I would say roughly most kids would be sort of starting on their Prisma day between 9 and 10 and would be finishing up between two and three. But then, you know, we keep hearing from parents that are astounded because their kid gets on at night and keeps working on their project (laughs) or on Saturday and they want to keep working on their project because they're inspired by it. But we, um, the idea is that kids get their work done during those hours. So they actually, they're not battling with their parents at 10 o'clock at night because they have homework to do or, Mm -hmm. you know, spending all weekend doing homework. The, The idea is you do your work during this sort of this, your school hours so that you're not having to come home and do all the learning uh, at home through homework. Gotcha. Yeah. Actually, that's, that brings up another curiosity I have, which is, um, yeah, what, what are the parents' role in, in all of this? How, do they, how are they involved with Prisma? Yeah. It depends on the parent. One of our really explicit goals when we started Prisma, and I think that was because you know, we started it during this time when all the media attention was around the disaster of distance learning and parents are fed up and they can't stand it anymore because they've been forced into this role of being the main teacher for their kids. So we had an explicit goal of saying this will be a model that requires minimal involvement from parents. And I think we were successful with that when we surveyed our families last year. Uh, the vast majority said they spent less than an hour 
supporting their Prisma learner each day. And for many of them, it was you know basically zero minutes each day. But what we've discovered over time is actually lots of parents would really like to be involved. They're actually not trying to get that down to zero involvement. Right. And so- Now that it's fun, as opposed to pulling their hair out and- uh, Exactly, if it's Maintain their sanity. Yeah. And so parents are certainly very much brought along in the journey. Every two weeks, parents get a, a voice message or voice memo from their child's coach talking about progress they've seen, any upcoming- sort of milestones or issues or so uh, and they have a get to meet with the coach frankly whenever they want to but there's a scheduled meeting with the coach each six weeks parents obviously you know they can get to listen in to what's going on with workshops and things so parents I think are unusually well informed in terms of how their kids are doing but we are not asking anything specific of them beyond you know, for some kids that need a little nudge to remember, like, it's stand-up time, look at the time, or, you know, sort of the one thing we can't do is sit in the room with a kid and say, it's time to log into Zoom now. And so that's something that I think for some parents, particularly of kids that have not quite got the executive functioning yet to really totally manage their schedule, that's ways that parents parents can really help. Awesome. Yeah. So many families saved through, uh, through Prisma intervention during COVID. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I mean, honestly, I think if you talk to a lot of our parents, uh, in fact, I know if you talk to a lot of our families last year, they would have said that they thought the school year was going to be a disaster and mm. it ended up being the best school year they'd ever had, mm. which, which is really neat. Yeah. So. That's got to, that's got to feel great. Yeah. You know, one thing that I'm also really curious about looking at, at your at your website is is what you've done, because here's the other thing, right, is um, there's been a lot of backlash, and rightly so, over a, a mm-hmm. lot of the online learning experience, right, being Zoom call after yep. Zoom call, right, totally bland, totally boring, you know, kids yep. kids' legs turning numb, along with their parents who are also working online. Mm-hmm. But you, you, you're doing something really, really fascinating with what you call Prisma Live, and mm-hmm. I'd love for you to... to noodle on that a little bit and talk about how in, in your goal of making things fun and interactive, um, how you're kind of reinventing kind of that online technology experience. Yeah. So we uh, sort of decided early on that Zoom was absolutely fine. And, and for this first year of Prisma, we used Zoom because we didn't have our own product yet, but we decided pretty early on that we wanted to create our own live learning platform that was really designed with with kids in mind and so there's a number of things that we've built into that that we think really enhance both the kids experience and also the coach's ability to really successfully facilitate a great experience so that starts with things you know like we've we've made it really easy and seamless for the coach to provide a very engaging sort of multimedia experience that um, sort of seamlessly shifts and changes. So imagine a coach that wants to run a live workshop and they've got sort of this video that they want to play and then they've got this couple of PowerPoint slides they want to show. They are juggling so many things. And so we basically uh, enable the coaches to create or our curriculum team creates it and then the coaches uh, facilitate it sort of a seamless experience where, you know, in the first three minutes, uh, the coach is going to introduce this and then we're going to play this video and then the kids are going to do breakout rooms and then uh, we're going to do this peer deck where the kids collaborate so that the coach can focus fully on just 
the kids and their experience and so that there's always something sort of changing and happening because some of the research that we did shows that to keep to reduce that zoom fatigue it's really important that things are changing and um, you know you're seeing different views of people and uh, imagery just to keep it interesting so there's that aspect of Prisma Live. We put a lot of thought into just, you know, kids do a lot of sort of breaking out into small groups and collaborating on projects. And uh, with a typical Zoom experience, basically the coach has to just jump from breakout room to breakout room to breakout room and sort of interrupt the experience and be like, do you guys need help? What's going on in here? Mm-hmm. We actually allow the coaches to sit in the main room and get an overview. They can hear what's happening in all the different rooms. If they can see like, oh, there's not much being said in this room. Let me jump in there and see what's going on. Or there's a lot being said in this room and it doesn't sound uh, that it's being said in a calm way. Let me jump mm-hmm. so that coaches can be where they need to be in the right moment. Uh, and then we've just built some sort of more like fun things into the platform. So, you know, we can kids, if they're uh, really, you know, one thing that's difficult with virtual is, you know, someone will present something. We have these wonderful expo days where kids are presenting just this beautiful project that they've done. And then there's, and normally in a normal room, you'd all clap and applaud and you really celebrate. You can't do that virtual. So we've created sort of really visually fun ways where you get like an emoji shower where everybody <laughs> can, you know, express their love or excitement around something mm-hmm. or just really fun skins and avatars and ways that kids can customize their live experience. So those are some of the things that, that we've built into the product. And I mean, the kids really love it. And so do the coaches. We found it's really successful. Yeah, I know. It sounds like a lifesaver for for, for coaches, for sure. Um, yes, yes, <laughs> very much so, yeah. What would you say is one of the things that's, I guess, perhaps that surprised you so far in, in your, your first year journey? A couple of things just jumped into my head. One is the social and socialization piece. Because if I'm honest with you, that was the one thing when we thought about building a sort of a fully virtual model. And to be fair, we have some in-person pieces that we're layering on top of what we're doing, but fundamentally it's a fully virtual model. We weren't quite sure whether a kid can truly make friends and sort of truly get social fulfillment through that. And so we were really very pleasantly surprised quite early on by the friendships that we started to see blossoming and just the community that built really quickly. You know, we would be the first ones to say that any Prisma kids should also have in-person activities with other kids and they should have friends in their neighborhood and they should do in-person extracurriculars. Of course, that's important too, but Prisma kids feel very strongly a part of a community. They identify with that community. They've made real friendships. They feel supported. So that was a pleasant, we hoped it would be like that, but we didn't know it would be like that. The other thing that's been surprising is the wide variety of kids for which our model seems to be effective or, or suitable. Mm-hmm. We have kids at Prisma that you definitely classify as gifted and they're thriving and doing really well. Um, you know, parents are telling us they're finally re-engaged in their learning because we allow them to go at the speed that they need to go at. Um, we allow them to dig deep on things that are exciting to them. We have a coach that knows what their potential is and is really encouraging them to get there. But equally, We have kids with, you know, special learning needs who have sort of been at the other end of the spectrum where they've fallen behind and sort of been left behind for whom our model is working for actually really similar reasons because we enable them to 
to start at the point where they'll be effective. We really believe maybe you're a a sixth grader, but you uh, are operating at a fourth grade math level. Let's start you there so you feel successful right off the bat. And then let's try to, to catch you up. Uh, and so, you know, this ability to sort of go at your own pace works just as well for really advanced learners. Surprise, surprise, as it does for kids mm. that need a little more time. The other thing that's just working so well for kids with special needs is our coaching model. The fact that there's, you know, you have your mentor coach who you meet with at least once a week, but often more than that, who's available to you at any time, who truly gets to know you and how you tick, um, who can sort of uh, adapt the the goals and the materials and things to your needs uh, that's working really really well and in fact you know I've had a couple of parents that I spoke to recently with tears in their eyes that told me I knew my kid had some kind of sort of special need and I would bring it up over and over again but always what I get told from their previous school was they're fine they're doing just fine it's okay because basically they were sort of falling through the cracks. There wasn't a, yeah. such a huge issue that it was getting picked up mm-hmm. where at Prisma, the coach has actually come to the parent and said, I see there's a special, you know, there's a there's a challenge that your kid is having with reading and this is how we're going to solve it. So, um, and then, you know, then we have every kid in between that's, that I would say it's, it's working for. So that's been pleasantly surprising as well. Fantastic. I really like what you're saying about that individualized attention you know, I've, I've even just talking to, you know, or exploring some other options online. I think uh, that's one thing I haven't seen a lot of in schools and in, in, the, in the online programming. And I can see how that would make a huge difference for uh, for kids because uh, each, each kid's at a different place. And um, yeah, they, they need if anything, it's I think what it what it's doing in part is having someone believe in them, you know, building that confidence exactly. in them that they are an amazing human being that yeah. that can do so many things and just to have that yeah. that external voice i can only imagine how invaluable that is i, I think that's absolutely right and that you know the kids form a really strong relationship with their coaches and then also someone because we we don't give grades at prisma we believe that that grades are limiting you know if you and there's a lot of studies that back that up actually so you know if you get poor grades well then you know you kind of get disillusioned but even if you get good grades you're sort of taught to do just enough to get an a mm-hmm. and no more we really believe in feedback and iterative feedback so instead of doing an assignment handing it in getting a grade moving on basically whilst kids are doing their projects or their writing missions or, or whatever it is the coach is going in and giving feedback all along the way and uh, you know, as they develop a sense of what a kid is capable of, they'll be ch- pushing them and challenging them to to do even better. Like, you know, nice job here, but I want you to go back and think a little more deeply and articulate what you're saying a little uh, with a little more evidence. And uh, so that theoretically, by the time kids finish a project, it's their best work. So it's very much sort of based on this feedback and iterative process, which I think you have to know a kid and a kid's potential really well to be able to do that sort of iterative feedback really well. Yeah, I would also add too, to have the the kind of relationship where you can offer that kind of feedback and it's taken in a a positive way and and it's it's embraced, right? And acted upon. That's right. Yeah, which... Absolutely. So I guess from there, I'm I'm curious kind of where where you see Prisma going from here. I mean, you've you've been going now for, for just about 
a year, and I know you're based currently yeah. just in, in the US, is that right? Um, mostly, yeah. We're optimized for um, North America time zones. We do have intrepid kids from other countries that uh, are joining us in Central America. Actually, we have one very intrepid kid in Australia oh, wow. that is up <laughs> early to participate, which is amazing. They were so, in fact, it was not even the parents, it was the daughter it was so committed that she, this was the right education for her that she committed to dealing with the time zone issues. We have some kids in Europe, um, but mostly North America. Yeah. yeah. So where do you, where do you see um, Prisma kind of going from here? Yeah. So I think, you know, our first year was all about let's prove that this is even a viable model. There's no point scaling something if it's not achieving our mission. I think after year one, based on what we saw from the happiness and excitement of the kids, the very high sort of happiness and excitement levels of the parents and uh, sort of some of the academic growth metrics because we, we also need to make sure that kids are staying on track academically and we do we have the kids do a nationally recognized assessment which actually showed they were well ahead of where they should have been in terms of growth rates with math and reading so after seeing all of that you know we sort of concluded okay I think we're onto something our initial hypothesis seems to be on the right track now we're focused a lot on okay given that this model seems to be really valuable how will we set ourselves up to reach large numbers of kids because we're still small for now and so that is both from a technology standpoint what sort of technology software do we need to really reach larger numbers of kids and from an operational standpoint how are we going to do that so I think that is a really big focus this year uh, other things we are focused on though are expanding beyond eighth grade because we're certainly getting requests for that from our existing families and we believe that you know our model could be fantastic for older kids as well and continuing to make our model work for other time zones, other countries, because, you know, this idea that you can kind of, you may have seen this on our website, but we talk about that, that we, you know, we want to be a model that provides sort of the comfort and the intimacy and the support of the one room schoolhouse. And that, that is the idea of a cohort. We have this cohort of learners and small number of coaches that you interact with really regularly whilst having the breadth of opportunity and perspective and diversity that you get from what we hope will one day be the world's largest educational network that that you know vision is really real to us and part of that is making sure we have a wide diversity of of kids from different backgrounds and countries and perspectives involved involved in prisma awesome so just to give any kind of final thoughts or words you have maybe to, to parents who are listening out there and, you know, trying to find, um, you know, the right path for, for their family, um, what would you offer to them? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the first thing to say is you can find out a lot of information on our website at Join Prisma. Uh, I would say, you know, if, if, you're, uh, if you are not seeing a real spark from your kid in terms of their excitement about learning, if you know, you're there having to drag their feet every day to get them to go to school. If you feel like they're not living up to their potential, I'm not saying we're the only solution, so that's not what I'm I'm going to conclude with, but I, it's really worth looking for other options. And I think we're one great option because there are other educational options out there. And I really think if your kid is not excited about school it's very hard to expect them to really reach their potential and really achieve their best and so 
I would encourage everyone to sort of do the journey that we did of looking for other options. I know for some families, there are more options around than there are others. And, you know, we'd love it if you looked at Prisma as part of that exploration because uh, we think we've found a model that can really work for a lot of families and a lot of kids. Yeah. Do you have aspirations for, you know, your model, perhaps even influencing like the larger educational space outside of what you're doing at, at Prisma? Is that part of the mission too? Yeah, I mean, I think, first of all, we would we would not be, you know, we'd be humble enough to say that we think there's all kinds of different great educational models and there's not one model that works for everybody. But already based on the families that we're talking to and hearing from, you know, from rural parts of the US where I think they've never sort of had the chance to see models like this necessarily. I think we are starting to spread the word about other ways to educate kids. And certainly we have heard from and hear from a lot of educators and teachers that I think are really inspired by what we're doing. So just as other educational models, I think have helped to inspire teachers and um, schools. Yeah. Be great if we could do that too. Well, Victoria, I'm, you know, you started off with a, a deeply family need with, with your kids um, growing up and, and wanting to create a better option for them. So from, from your very justified selfish motives, you've come in and created something with you and your team that uh, I think is really exciting and um, it's going to impact a lot of families and ultimately you know contribute towards your mission, which is to uh, create a world where we have kids on fire with a purpose and who are ready to, to tackle uh, the world's problems and opportunities. So thanks so much for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for all the great questions. I really appreciate it.